0: of the oh dear podcast my name is christian duran senior vice president of the oh dear podcast oh dear nation oh dear limited oh dear weekly and all subsidiaries there in four two which with me as always on the one podcast where we talk about the things that make your mother clutch her pearls and shout oh
1: dear oh dear
0: are my co-hosts brett raybold and nick Whitmer, yes, second top, second billing,
1: yes, suck it, eat that. <laughs> you know, there, I, I will <laughs> yes. say there,
0: there is consideration given unto like who gets top billing mm. and not Ooh, because sometimes uh. I'm like, what did I say last time? I don't want to, I don't want to just keep saying Brett Rabeld and Nick Whitmer uh-huh. every time. I want to uh-huh. say Nick Whitmer and Brett Rabold sometimes. Well,
2: shit, now we know what to pay attention to. I know, you it's know what the- I.
0: It literally comes down to, like, who I look at when I'm saying it.
1: <laughs> yes. You know what is um, – It's I, I actually want – you know when there's, like, a big, like, ensemble cast Hollywood movie with, like, just, like, a crap load of, like, famous stars? like Yeah. Yeah. And always the biggest guy, they get the last Amen. billing, and it says yeah. – it doesn't just say – it says, like, with with yeah. tom <laughs> hanks right you know what i mean with robert i want from now on i want you to say welcome to the ODR podcast my co-host nick whitmer with brett <laughs> ray <Raybal. laughs> with brett
0: Raybold as rupaul yeah <laughs> yeah what? <And> they,
1: <laughs> what yeah i want my role as so sometimes they instigator. do it like
2: yeah it's they like i remember, like the opening credits will do that too like they'll just list everybody and then in a different font color and everything. It'll be like mm-hmm. with Bert Lancaster as they'll even give the character name.
0: The Scarlet Pimpernel. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> one of the funniest things is like in the, when they don't do it anymore cause it's like passe, but they used to do voiceover in every single um, trailer for a movie. So yeah. th- th- it's something I've been wanting to talk about uh, for a little bit. And it's just so funny to me. This is like, uh, there's this movie called tiptoes. Have you guys heard of the, heard of this movie? No tiptoes. So, tiptoes. It's a no. uh, it's a movie with Matthew McConaughey and uh, Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. Um, and the plot is basically they're in a relationship. Matthew McConaughey's family is all little people. Yes, um, but she yes, doesn't. I heard about this. he he doesn't want to tell her uh, about it. Eventually it gets revealed um, every single person in the movie. Uh, who is on his side of the family is played by an actual little person, except for the main character, Matthew uh, McConaughey, who is played by, um, uh, I should, uh, yeah, Gary Oldman, who, um, walks on his knees. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, so here's the thing about this movie. So this dude wrote this movie, it went to Sundance. It was 151 minutes. Right, hundred and fifty-one minutes. Uh, Tyron Lannister. What the hell's that actor's name again?
1: Yeah, I'm the, terrible uh, at names. What?
2: Uh, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage was in it. It, it was <laughs> he. So thought, he's, he thought the movie was beautiful. Um, the studio, <inaudible> however, was like, dude, you can't make no movie about midgets without it being hilarious. So I don't know why they're oh rednecks God. now. So they recut <laughs> it and they cut the trailer. So if you watch the trailer, it's literally cut as if it's like this. Romantic comedy yeah. making with well, that's making fun of little people, and like literally, there's like scenes in it where Kate Beckinsale is like, When were you gonna tell me your whole family's midgets? and then uh <laughs> McConaughey's like, Um, it's little people, <laughs> and it's like yeah. the music behind the trailer is <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> right.
2: and then it says, the, My favorite part of, of it <laughs> is in the voiceover in the trailer goes, and it's like introducing the whole cast. And then it says, and in a role of a lifetime, Gary Oldman. <laughs> in a role of a lifetime, dude, he's just walking on his knees. <laughs> and there's like, Aww. there's a couple of shots uh, in the, in the movie too, where like you can tell, like they put him in a couch. You can tell he's just Gary Oldman sitting in a couch that has a false bottom and then there's these yeah. fake ass legs just <laughs> off to the side that are supposed to be his legs.
0: Just dangling. But it's
2: the most confusing movie because it was written by this guy who this was his Citizen Kane. This was a 151 minute drama about the plight yeah. of little people in society and how right. it's hard for them. And they cut it into what seemed to be making fun of little people uh, and then the movie itself is like a little bit of both. And it's completely like you're watching from scene to scene. You're like, "And w- what movie is this? Like what, if this is the same movie that I've been watching this whole time, oh, the scene where it's like uh, Peter Dinklage plays this French drifter character. And he's like doing this whole scene about like the rights of, you know, little people and blah, 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 blah. And then the next scene is like, a fight and you're like what is going on like, what is happening with this movie <laughs> so it's one of my favorite like a uh, movie that was killed um yeah. and hidden and like not a lot of people remember it because it was like they were trying to hide it what and, year uh, early yeah early 2000s
1: oh, so, oh okay so that's definitely when they were like if it's little people Where's the comedy? Like, Yeah. Right. That, that's definitely an era where they're like, they wouldn't allow a story of little people not to have like, you know, I don't know, shots of them at a roller coaster not being able to get on.
2: Yeah. And my favorite thing is like, this is this guy. This is the only movie this guy ever did. Cause he got so mad at the studio for taking over and basically putting out the, production cut you know uh, of it that is you know in his mind a complete bastardization of what the story was supposed to be but at the same time is like nobody in america probably wanted to watch a 151 minute drama about little people um maybe not and uh not because it's about little people but just because like Jesus, wow. dude, you know, like, give me 90 minutes. Like, what are you doing? Maybe it's
1: good. Maybe it's good. Yeah, maybe I it's mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll you tell know, you what. I, if, if there's one thing that wasn't fun sized, it was the runtime. <laughs> That's me yeah. as a caddy movie critic. <laughs> it,
0: it's funny because like the, uh, the poster on Wikipedia is very not doesn't look like a serious drama. It's like everyone's photoshopped, So it's like Patricia Arquette. Matthew McConaughey, yeah. Kate Beckinsale. They look like oh, they're all in a different movie. And Gary Oldman. And uh, the tagline is, it's the little things in life that matter. <laughs> Which, <laughs> probably not Ooh. endearing yeah. to uh, a movie that's supposed to be about the plight. of. Uh, By the way, people. so
2: th- this movie, just to get give it a background on this movie, is somebody shared the, the trailer of this movie on Reddit. And I thought it was a, I thought it was a spoof. I was like, did Matthew McConaughey host SNL? And like they just made this, like, <laughs> that like I really hilarious. thought it wasn't real because the trailer, like, just do yourself a favor and just tip, this Google like YouTube tiptoes movie trailer and watch yeah. it, and you're under the impression that it's just going to be this nightmare movie that's making fun of little people in a way that's just like not okay anymore and like (laughs) so to give you the context is I watched this movie with uh, Sarah and a friend of ours um, and we all took edibles to watch the movie (laughs) because we were basically like we were basically like let's watch let's get high and watch a silly 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 movie and what we ended up watching was like a drama (laughs) with like yeah and, and it's like it's so fucking weird it's like none of the work is shown in the movie because they cut out all of the pieces. I'm let's just say the movie was perfect. The the director's cut in, in the, in the explaining of everything, like the background of like the motivation of getting characters to A to Z, you know? Um, well, in the one that they cut together, they just cut out a lot of the middle. So it doesn't even make sense what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like it goes from Matthew McConaughey, like being like the whole beginning of the movie. It's like, It's edited in a way that makes it seem like here comes the handsome leading man, Matthew McConaughey. He's the hero of the story. And then it slowly devolves into um, uh, the other guy. uh, Why can't I keep remembering his name? Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Oldman, uh, He's like the guy at the – he's the main character. So you could tell that – Gary Oldman is the main character in the director's cut, but in the producer's cut, Matthew McConaughey is the main character. Yeah, but that's because so what happens at the end of the movie makes no sense at all if you're watching the producer's cut because the way that basically I don't I'm just gonna spoil it because it doesn't matter. But what happens is Matthew McConaughey and Kate Kate Beckinsale gets pregnant. Right, and then, and then wait, it's like, minute, but and just the, like, and then, real
1: quick, just like they used uh, Gary Oldman, they just had him on his knees and they put shoes like you would in middle school. They yeah, had her, 100 that her pregnancy prosthetics, where they put a basketball under her.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's yeah. so many funny stories about this movie. By the way, like Kate Beckinsale apparently only agreed to be in this movie if she was allowed to wear her hat. And there's like three oh scenes God. where she's wearing this weird ass hat, and I'm like, was she trying to be like a hat entrepreneur? And she's like, I need to get my hat out there. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know if it's true or not. But anyway, going back to the the story, yeah. so. It's literally so Matthew McConaughey. So like if you watch the trailer, it's like these two are dating. He didn't tell her that her entire his entire family is her little people. And then all of a sudden she gets pregnant. And will they or won't they have a little person as the baby? That's the whole thing. So it seems like, oh, this is going to be some really inappropriate comedy where. Nope. Super (laughs) serious drama. They end up getting pregnant. Sure enough, the kid becomes a little person. Um Uh, Because it runs in his side of the family. And then Matthew McConaughey leaves his family because he can't take that his son's the little person. It's like, what is happening in this movie? Like, you're literally thought of Matthew McConaughey as this, like, you know, leading man hero. And then he just leaves his wife because his kid's a midget. (laughs) And
1: you're like, what? I'm like, what am I
2: watching? And Uh, then he tries to uh, come back. He's like, I made a mistake. And then she turns him down. And then she just goes and dates Gary Oldman's character. So uh, it's just dad? like the we it's the yeah, no, it's brother. They're they're twin brothers. That's the thing. Um, Matthew McConaughey and Gary Oldman are twin brothers. One of them turned out to be a little person. The other one's not. Anyway, it's the most ridiculous movie ever. So if you really want to watch it, that's,
1: that's a horror I mean, first off, you know, who would take? Little person Gary Oldman over uh, How to Lose a <laughs> Guy in Ten Days era Matthew McConaughey yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean I'm I'm already I'm picturing the lines being so corny where it's like just because our son is little doesn't mean our love is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just all of the, like, the lamest cheesiest. Uh, like a little you know, love
0: it, goes a long way. <laughs>
1: like, uh, we got the directors like we got to do. Uh, we got to do reshoots. Why the studio wants us to constantly have Gary Oldman be called short stack by Matthew McConaughey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we got to do. We got to do the
1: noogie cut. <laughs> <where> <laughs> anytime <laughs> Gary Oldman's on
0: screen, Matthew McConaughey
1: gives him nuggies. The noogie cut. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> you know what
0: I hate about all this stuff is like I heard this kind of story like a million times but i'm a fan of movies and this backstage stories about movies right and stuff yeah about a director getting a movie taken away from them by a studio or you know a studio studio notes that like even just studio questions of like why is this happening why is that happening and like i always go like Even 20 years after, when these people, these directors are telling the story, they like, they don't say, like, who said that. Like, don't you think the person who said, you know, this, how do you have a little person movie without comedy? Like, that, you should say that dude's name. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us who said that. Because, like, it's not fair that, like, this guy nailed
1: it.
0: Right. But, like, we're going, but when you watch the movie, I'm sure you're going to go, like, the director and writer is Matthew Bright you're gonna go dude what the fuck is Matthew Bright's problem like if you don't know any of the backstory you're gonna go, right. this guy's a hack he sucks and then but like the dude who m- needed the noogie cut like gets no no blame like his name just he just gets to be silently like he gets to wash his hands of him and goes yeah that Matthew Bright's a fucking idiot I don't yeah know.
1: exactly yeah because it's like they I yeah I don't know their I names like just, are na- go ahead Fred. I like to think that studio exec watches it and goes like man what a shame that comedy didn't catch on there really is no <laughs> he's There's just injustice. like there really is no justice people he's just like he's like audiences are stupid yeah
2: <laughs> but do you ever see a trailer of a movie that doesn't match the movie and what it is is of it's course. It, it comes from the production side of it because they go listen we know no one's going to like it but if we can have a trailer that tricks them into coming to see it, maybe we'll get our money back. Yeah, right. that's all that was. That was like, let's make the trailer look as if it's like this slapstick comedy about little people with Matthew McConaughey and Kate Beckinsale, and that's definitely going to sell more tickets than a dramatic three-hour movie about the plight of little people. So it's just a business. Everybody, well, I, everything I, I, they they, I
1: don't know. I'm pretty sure a about dramatic money. a dramatic three-hour movie about the plight of little people. I'll tell you what I'm actually a big fan of Lord of the Rings. So back off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know there was a weird, there was like a weird time when like um, directors, especially indie directors, were like, the movie's going to be three hours, and you can't, you, you're not going to cut it a, a, a piece. It's my baby, and yeah. you're like, I think that's that. Mentality has changed so much because right. we've heard, like people have heard those stories now, and like they're like you know the movie doesn't need to be three hours. That's your right. ego talking. That's you trying to be your, your, right, hold your dick, and uh, be a director. Like Paul Thomas Anderson, that was like his thing on Magnolia. He's like it's gonna be three hours, and you better sign on to this three hours right now. Otherwise, we're not fucking doing it. You're not touching anything. And then after it came out, he's like it didn't need to be three hours. Like <laughs> <we took distance. laughs> he's like I was just being a dick. Like now he's like yeah I don't know when I go to movies of like two hours 90 minutes the shorter the better like it's yeah, just such right. an experience thing like when you have so much to prove you're just like you're just letting your ego define that stuff
2: yeah um, but yeah you know and part of it's like I bet you like the, you know, the three hour cuts are not good either and yeah. the studio goes well this movie sucked and I'm definitely not getting my money back here. Like what, like those stories were like the, the, I don't know if this happened with this movie in particular, but you hear those, there's apocalypse now type stories of these directors. Yeah. They're over budget. They're they They didn't get to the schedule and they're da, da, da. most times that happens. The movie turns out terrible. It's just the way yeah. it is. Uh, apocalypse now is probably one of, if not maybe the only v- version of that story turning out where the movie was like well-liked and well-received right can uh, you think there's of like- a
0: few there's there's a few there's like a, a bunch of like i mean to call it disasters is like different but like um star wars was kind of like that they were they were over budget and they like they the effects look stupid when when they first when they got the first effects they saw the first cut without special effects and oh. uh, he showed it George Lucas showed it to all his friends, Scorsese and Brian De Palma and all the big directors of the day and Spielberg. And they were all like, dude, like you just (laughs) wasted six months on this stupid kids movie. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And Spielberg was the only one who was like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be the biggest hit ever. Um, Wow, that's amazing. Same thing happened with Jaws. Jaws was over budget and like crazy. The shark wouldn't work famously um, and became a huge hit. Like sometimes- Sometimes that, it does.
2: That's such an accidental thing that they barely showed the shark yeah, and, they, and it made it so much more impactful when they did show the shark. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like an accidental thing. But I was really curious to know what his original Jaws cut would have looked like with a working shark.
1: Because yeah. I almost wonder – And only little people getting eaten.
2: <laughs> I almost wonder if like – I almost wonder if something like that saved the movie Cause like that movie is like a, a drama with like an aspect of thriller and horror in there as well. But Mm -hmm. I wonder if it was just the shark eating the entire time, would it have been more of like a horror type movie?
0: I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Probably been more schlocky.
2: Right. That movie is so good. I rewatched that movie like, I don't know, six months ago. And it's like, I don't know. Those old dudes. I love watching old movies like these yeah. fucking old actors who used to be like on fucking on the stages of plays and
0: shit.
1: No Charlton matter. Heston. Just fucking.
0: What's, what's Robert Shaw? Robert Shaw's the the Robert Shaw. You got, God, He's so you got, fucking uh, good. You got soft hands from counting money area. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he and was, I'm like, he this dude's amazing, dude. He's just he, like the shack in the paint, just dunking. Like yeah. that's his performance in that movie. It's fucking
0: great. Apparently he was wasted the whole time (laughs) and he was very difficult to work with. Like the, the relationship that he has with Richard Dreyfuss in the movie is very similar to like what it was like on set where he's like just one of those things, right? You're a pussy boy. Like there's a lot of those stories. Like Gene Hackman was apparently on the Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, (laughs) If you know Wes Anderson, it just, If you don't know who Wes Anderson is, he's the director of uh, Royal Tannenbaums, Rushmore, Life Aquatic, all these these very ornate, uh, very tink... Whimsical and like... Whimsical kind of fantastically production-designed movies. Right. And if you've ever seen him dress, he's very much like that himself. He's like always wearing a twee coat, very polished, very uh, manicured uh, guy. So when a gruff-ass dude like... Gene Hackman gets on his set. <laughs> Apparently, like he was, he was uh, giving direction to somebody, and he pulled that person away and started like you know whispering direction to them, uh, without you know letting Gene Hackman hear it. <laughs> Gene Hackman comes up to him, he's like, "You know you're a cut, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Wes Henderson is just like this, you know, tiny guy who's like, "Why would you call me that, Gene?" <laughs> yeah,
2: he has like a handkerchief tied around his neck. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> that's
1: exactly. pretty funny, man. I feel like old actors, like old male leading man actors, used yeah. to be badasses. Right, like, a, like right. actual, like, and not in the not sense to, of like the
2: rock. Like, the, we have the rock as our leading man, who's like a big, strong guy. But these guys, the, it was such. It wasn't like they were badasses because no. their size. No, they, they were just bad-asses. had this gruff attitude.
1: Yeah, they 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 drank hard and they beat their wives and they were just <laughs> like these really. No, but they they really were. You're right. They were just like authentically gruff, and I yeah. feel like. Like, I feel like now, like, the badass man, male actors, like, it's like Chris Evans wearing a shirt that says, like, right, this right. is what a feminist looks like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, exactly. It's not, exactly. I mean, who like, cares? Exactly it's right. fine. But it's right. not like, that's or, like badass.
2: Or it's The Rock who has to play, like, a barreling somewhat butt of the yeah. joke, but also someone who makes jokes. Um. It's really funny.
0: There's like a there's some meme going around with The Rock, and he's like, "It's him. It's four pictures of The Rock in the jungle with like a tank top and over it like a khaki um, jacket." And it was like, "This is four different movies." (laughs) 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 That's "That's so so funny! (laughs) That's so funny. Well,
1: it's like uh, Jungle Cruise, Jungle Book. Fucking, Jumanji, um, Jumanji, Jumanji. You right, oh right.
2: have a guy like Sean Connery. Do you ever hear this story about Sean Connery when he was first starting out as like a? He just got like to the point where he was like getting popular in Hollywood or whatever. Um, he's dating this. He's shooting a movie with this actress who I can't remember her name. Maybe it's Rita Hayworth, um, and she is like, she is in a relationship with this mob guy, and this mob guy is like a piece of shit, and he like doesn't treat her well, and he hits her and all this other shit, so. They shuffle her out of uh, they shoot this movie in L.A. or in London. They take her out of Hollywood. They put her in London. She's shooting this movie with uh, Sean Connery. He's the leading man. And then the tabloids start coming out with like, ooh, they're dating now. Ooh, And they're pissed off this mobster. So this mobster gets on a plane to London with a gun, by the way. Just could, could get a gun on a plane back then. Uh, gets, a, <laughs> gets, off the, yeah, gets off the airplane, goes to the studio, pulls the gun on Sean Connery. What does Sean Connery do? He somehow disarms the guy, beats the shit out of him, <laughs> and then gets him arrested and deported back to the, or extradited back to the States. Like, I'm like, dude, dude what actor w- would take literally a mafia guy who's, who's a known sociopathic criminal who fucks people up all the time, right. literally points a gun at Sean Connery and Sean Connery just goes, who's this pussy? <laughs> and he just well, disarms him and beats the shit out of him. Like, well,
0: uh... Uh, yeah. According to according to Mark Wahlberg.
2: Yeah. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, that's really the only guy left who has that energy. Uh,
1: you know what? They need to they need to have we mentioned that they need to make what was the nine eleven movie? It was like Fahrenheit 9/11 or whatever it was. Oh called. yeah, I it t- flight, I succeed. had that.
2: I pitched that idea in the group chat. It was like so a, just, it's like a Groundhog's it, Day movie. Where they repeat no, it every day, but it's Mark Wahlberg <laughs> having to stop 9/11.
1: <laughs> you know, Tarantino always fucks with <laughs> yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, make probably. make it a short film. Maybe it's not even Groundhog Day, oh, where it's like 90 so minutes. Make it make it like. Six minutes where the terrorists are like, all right, everybody gets on the ground. And then Mark Wahlberg just clutches the armrest, stands up and just starts fucking wailing on him.
0: And they're like, wait, are you Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea,
2: though, of Mark Wahlberg waking up on nine eleven two thousand one 2001 every morning like Groundhog's Day. He has to relive the day until he stops it from happening. Mm-hmm. and just like let's see what Mark Warburg can and do
1: it's gonna like it needs to like be a way you wouldn't have thought like it's not like he can just use force like oh I need to go it's like the butterfly effect of stopping 9-11 is like him actually calling his daughter or something you know what I mean <laughs> like <laughs> the not terrorists like, are crying yeah. Yeah, yeah the terrorists not give like, up
0: they don't like he doesn't stop them
1: <laughs> right right it's not like you gotta <laughs> fuck them up with like a pistol yeah. whips and shit
0: he change. He makes them change their ways. He makes them convert <laughs> to Christianity by the
1: end. Of it. Oh uh, my god!
0: Going back to like old actors and like even old directors, there's this. Uh, John Ford is one of the most famous like classic Hollywood directors. Directed what, do same, he make? Uh, what do you
1: make? What
0: he make? The searcher, Stagecoach, uh, the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, very hey, like a lot uh, of old i can't think uh, of like his most famous one there's probably one that's like sure. super famous that i can't anyway um but he's like those were those guys like they like him and um uh nah, fuck it the guy who directed to wonderful life um anyway howard hawks all these people so they they would like these guys just came from the war And then they just needed a job, so they became directors. Like it just wasn't like that's the thing. Like the people who do who are like actors now wanted to be actors. Like John Wayne was like a dude who was like, "You want to be in movies?" He's like, "I'm drunk." (laughs) 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 And then like they have no, they have no like, uh, like not passion, but just like they, they they have no like lameness about it they they just like see it as like this is my job like like a guy who makes like fucking horseshoes would He's like no oh, i just make horseshoes and like that's, that's what right. i do and then i go to the bar at 5 p.m so like they right. like i remember reading the story about how john ford like would belittle john wayne on the set for like not serving in <laughs> in uh world oh, war ii my or God, something
1: that's hilarious like
0: that's the kind of like arguments they had now like the arguments are like you know, my trailer is not whatever. And I'm not even saying that to say like, Oh, these actors are so lame now. Because if you look back then, those like, those old guys are like horrible. They're just like drunk berating everybody on. The right. Like completely right. completely toxic attitude. But it is, it's just a funny difference. It,
2: it is just commanded the screen though. Like when you watch a movie back then and you watch like when Clark Gable walks on or fucking any of these yeah. guys, you're like, you're like, God damn, dude, what a, what a, what a man what a man that is
1: you know what it is it It, i think it was these guys they probably stumbled into being an actor Mm -hmm. and then when they were acting they're like this is a lot better than doing leather work so i'm gonna (laughs) act my tits off because this is pretty awesome
0: That's exactly it it's like you just grab you just grab like the most personality like the dude with the most personality at your party at a party in L.A. and you're like, "Yo, you should be an actor." He's like, "Ah, I mean, uh, whatever." That's what ha- that's Harrison Ford's story. Harrison Ford was a carpenter in L.A. and like, <laughs> I guess he just met George Lucas. He was um he wasn't supposed to be in Star Wars. He was um he was like as a favor. He was reading lines for people auditioning, and like he just stuck. Like, I guess the guy like fell off or like whatever. And then they they just got Harrison Ford and he went from being a carpenter to being the biggest movie star of the 70s and 80s. Dude,
1: dude life is so weird for some people. That guy it was really not is. forecasting that. Yeah. He didn't think he was going to be a star. He wasn't pursuing Uh, a dream.
0: That's Harrison Uh, Ford. Uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, uh,
2: uh, It's because like uh, a lot it's just such a in the grand scheme of things, it's such a young industry. Yeah. Like I just think about stand-up, like just comedy in general. Like stand-up comedy in the sense of what modern stand-up comedy is today, really didn't really happen till the sixties. Yeah. Like the nineteen sixties. And like the cinemas in a way the same because in the 1920s, you know, when when Hollywood first started or whatever, and was making
1: you know, and was making a uh, white supremacy du, du jour. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's just like by the time the 60s rolled around, it's like almost the same. Like, because get, yeah, I think like stand up comedy in its first sense kind of started. I mean, there's there's history that says it started a little bit before this, obviously, but in its traditional sense, it's really started on vaudeville in the 1920s, right around the time in the early 1900s, right around the time cinema. And it wasn't until the 60s where people like Carlin and and Pryor and Woody Allen and these types of people came through and changed it to where it set it on the trajectory of where it is today. And movies is like that, too. Like, yeah. mo- like if you like um, a good example is like that movie. Hail- Has anybody seen Hail Caesar? Have you guys seen that? Yeah. No. Golden Brothers movie. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good movie. It's on Netflix now. I watched it the other day. I, 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 it's just for some reason I never wanted to see it or I just thought it could have been whatever, but I saw it. It was pretty good. But what I found interesting about it was it's about like a Hollywood studio and they literally just had like a lot of actors and they would be like, hey, they're shooting a Spartacus movie today. So you're going to go over there and shoot three scenes. Yeah. And then, then you're going to go be in a, you know, a Roman, like a Shakespeare movie. And then oh yeah. then you're going to go over here. Like that's how movies were shot. They're all in the studio. They're all in the lot. They're all just plug and play leading men and leading women. Yeah. And that was what it all was. It wasn't until like, you know, Coppola and Scorsese and these people like made film in, in movies a lot different than it is today. Because, uh, like it uh, is today. But well, we're almost well, going back to that. We're almost going yeah. back to just the plug and plays
0: a little bit because the, um, well, what happened was like the, the studios really controlled everything. So they had like, you would sign a studio deal. Right. So you would sign a contract with the studio and you just like, they would tell you what movies you're in. And, uh, yeah. And then, and then, uh, f- these industries were run by like movie guys. So they were like their whole lives were in the movies. And what happened was in the 70s all these old guys died all the jack warners and uh-huh. all these people sam uh, goldwins and stuff yeah right? they gave up their roles uh-huh. and stuff so <clears throat> so these companies started coming in and buying buying these movie studios and all these like, guys from GE and standard oil were like i don't know what the fuck to do like like what do we do and they were like well let's go to the film schools and grab some directors that i mean they must know what they're doing and real and in, in the 70s film school was like was like fucking crocheting like it wasn't a <laughs> it was a degree for fucking losers like it, it, didn't, yeah. it wasn't was no cool career yeah yeah there was no career for right. to do that it was like wasn't a thing so then they just went to the film schools and got guys like scorsese and spielberg and coppola and they're like i mean they seem to know what they're doing uh so let's just keep so just give them money to like do stuff and then they did and they were successful and then like it ran through the 70s until like they started getting up their own asses like like Coppola with Apocalypse Now and like the famous one is Heaven's Gate uh, with Michael Cimino or whatever. And he made like a $200 million flop by today's standards. Mm. And they were like, you will never, ever get that freedom again unless you're Spielberg or Lucas. And they were like, let's just make Star Wars and Jaws. Yeah. And that's been the system since the Mm. 80s
1: pretty much. That's – I mean a $200 million flop is uh –
0: by in I'm am t- talking in terms of like now money like right. I don't know what it was right. back then but you need it was um, crazy.
2: you need you need both sides and <clears throat> I would say that it's probably should be creative people have 70% of the power studio yeah. people have 30% the veto yeah. power because the studio studios are not creative people they're money people so I think like creative people need some pushback on some of the crazier ideas to prevent the heaven, you know, heaven can wait type shit. Um, but I also think that uh, you know studio notes certain like I've I don't know how many times I've heard so so and so on a podcast and they're talking about the studio notes they received and it's like the most fucking stupid idea ever. Um, like uh I always I think we talked about it before on the podcast, but I heard Aaron Sorkin talking about the very first pilot episode of West Wing. And like mm-hmm. the episode had something to do with um uh these uh people fleeing from Cuba and arriving in Miami, like these refugees. Um and it's this big controversy of like what are we gonna do with these refugees when they get here and this, that and the other. Um and it gets resolved through a way, but it's like the the West Wing is about the West Wing. It's about the cabinet of the president. It's about people mm-hmm. who work in D.C. The studio after they the the, the the episode was sent in came back with the notes, "Hey, why don't we end it with the people from the show being at the beaches on Miami and pulling off the refugees from these rafts onto the beach and like saving mm-hmm. their lives?" And he's like, "Because the show's about the." Cabinet, you fucking idiots! Like this isn't a rescue nine one one show. Like that's not how the world works. You don't send your your press your you know your press secretary to a beach in Miami to pull refugees off of a boat. That's not who's qualified to do that job. <laughs> and like the whole point of that show was supposed to be like behind the curtain into you know the how a day of the office president run. You know, like that's the whole point of it.
1: Yeah. So right. anyway, um, <coughs> very um, funny.
0: I was, uh, there's a, sorry, real quick. I just wanted to make sure to get this right. But there's like a kind of semi-famous, uh, story about, it's one of my favorite stories about how to handle a studio note was that, uh, the original, they sent the script to, of back to the future to, you know, the studio guys and whatever. And, uh, you know, he, he gave his notes and Steven Spielberg was a producer on that movie and he gave his notes and he's like, uh, we should change the title to um spaceman from pluto (laughs) and other various like bad notes and they were like dude what the fuck like this guy wants us like what are we gonna do so then steven spielberg sent the dude back a note saying like oh my god dude that was so funny i can't believe how funny you are that you sent that joke (laughs) notes like oh my god we were rolling you're fucking a genius dude Thanks for the, like. Thanks for the laugh, and the oh, guy was man. so embarrassed. He was like, "Yeah, yeah I know. That. I know <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I that's
1: was like, a,
0: "Man, that's really smart."
1: That's a great. Wow, that's six D chess right there. That's really good, man. That's <laughs> how you get out of yeah. it. Um, do you want to talk about a news bulletin? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Fellers. Um the uh well I should say this, you know, on personal on personal uh fare for the Odier network. Um, you know, Whitmer got to fulfill his dream of cooking for me uh this past Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so we should we should be. I I'm saw really, pictures. Yeah, we're really proud of you, dude. Um congrats. Like that's <laughs> I don't know, it's like huge. I'm I'm really happy for you. How do you feel? Thanks, man. It was a, it was an honor, you know. It's like you know when like like chefs they must it must be an honor if they cook for like some foreign ding, uh, diplomat yeah. or something like that. Did you have that any sense of like wow? I'm cooking for Brett. Like you took you. I know you took it seriously because he would not talk to me. He was like laser focused. <laughs>
2: He's I invited Brett over.
1: Tools.
2: I put. I said, "Sit here and don't say a fucking word. <laughs> <I> <laughs> he don't he want to be distracted." Out. <laughs> yeah, I pulled the tweezers out. I put the micro uh, herbs <laughs> on top, and
0: uh... what do you make?
1: Well, he made I, a uh, delicious, healthy uh, chicken dish that was like he. I is he? Whitmer uses words that I didn't even know existed in the cooking format. He's like, "Yeah, I blanched. <laughs> I blanched the chicken," and I'm like. I have never, I didn't even know that was something you would do to chicken. I didn't blanch the chicken.
2: You don't blanch chicken. Come on, Brett. What is it? <laughs> I uh, I made a, I, well, first I made a, like a, I had a white bean kale stew. Amazing. That was like spicy. It had like oh harissa. It. Yeah, I put a soft boiled egg in it, you know, some tortilla strips on top. That was all good, you know? For dinner, I made a roasted chicken. I um, I brined it in uh, Brine, buttermilk mi- butter and pickle juice. And then I roasted it over like um, some lemon and, and uh, onion and potato. <clears throat> so we had like some caramelized potato and onion. We had I made some quinoa and put some um, golden raisins and goat cheese in it, and some made a little beet salad. It was pretty good. Everything turned out pretty good. I like. I it.
1: mean, I am so jealous of Sarah constantly. <laughs> I I just was looking at her. I was I was seething with envy. I was like, this motherfucker <laughs> gets to just have a, like an amazing cu- every meal is a version of that.
2: There's a little bit of like Brett seems like like our. Um, I don't know, like an orphan child that we like were <laughs> like we're like, Brett, Brett, come over. I will cook you a nice home cooked meal. Yeah. Like you gonna know, like a, like when Brett came it over, counts. I'm like, I'm like, I really want to make sure that Brett has a good home cooked meal. And I felt like yeah. I was like a grandmother. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Brett's starving. Brett's Brett doing well. Up,
0: Brett shows up at your door with a tattered hat and puts it on <laughs> his chest.
1: <laughs> Hi. Brid- Hello.
0: Hello. Do you I'm have you any do? <laughs> it's all right yeah. if you don't.
1: <laughs> I just, did in, I just dinner and a hot shower. If I could trouble you for that, um, yeah, it was a that was a very nice Sunday. I was, I was very. Uh, that was a great Sunday, one of the best. I mean, we just Pretty watched good. football, which Christian, you know what that is, right?
0: <laughs> I've heard of it.
1: Oh okay. but yeah, it's like yeah, it's I was like rewatching.
0: A- I was rewatching WrestleMania from 1987 <laughs> <in> this Sunday. <laughs> Why you guys are doing? That. Uh,
1: uh, way to critique Brett the Hitman turn turnbuckle <laughs> yeah. jump. That's so funny.
0: I mean, going back a little bit too, because that's like it's. I feel like that thing I've talked about where it's like people used to just like fall into these entertainment jobs. I feel like it's happened in any, every industry. Cause it's happened in wrestling too. Now. Like they used to just be a bouncer and they were like, wow, you're tall and big. Do you want to be a wrestler? And they're like, I guess and then they just became like Kevin Nash. And yeah. now it's like, now it's like kids who watch wrestling their whole life and started a backyard, backyard wrestling federation are now like the wrestlers and like, Whatever, but it's like that. Like with every, it's every entertainment job. It's like somebody's became an actor and they're like become an alcoholic because they think they wasted their life because their dad is like even that Johnny Cash movie (laughs) where he's like, "You're playing songs, boy. Like, why don't you why don't you pick up a gun?" Yeah, he's like never. He's failing to make his dad uh, proud of him. It's just interesting.
1: But, but. but it, it is – it's also it, – it's interesting because now it's, like, something you, like, have to study and do and right. pursue for all these years. But, like, yeah. it makes me go, like, I don't know if you have to. I think it kind of takes a – you just kind of need self-belief. Yeah. I, I Like, that's all those guys were going off of. They didn't yeah. know the Meisner <laughs> technique and the right. – like, they were just kind of going off of conviction, and yeah. I a little bit think that's all you need. Just like I, I can do it; it's just going to be good, and uh, I have to. Yeah. Whereas now it's like I trained at Juilliard for eleven mm-hmm. years, and I've read every book there is to read about acting, and uh, I don't know. I mean, you all you hear it all the time. Like the woman who played played Precious. Uh, it's like she didn't have any acting like experience yeah. and then she's nominated for an Academy Award. So mm-hmm. in my head, it's just like I think like I don't know. I, I think some actors it's like I think you can just kinda do it. I really yeah. a little bit maybe not certain performances, but uh, I think if you're just fully committal, you can yeah. kinda do it. So much of like getting like
0: getting an Oscar nomination is just looking and sounding like the person that you're sp- you're playing, like the guy from the Captain Phillips, who's like, "I'm the captain now." That's he just looks and sounds like a Somali pirate. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, and right. it sucks because it's like
2: that's the only thing that guy's gonna do.
0: Yeah, he can play much.
2: pirate or terrorist, and that's and, like that's it. And it's not because it's racist; it's because that guy can only be possibly yeah. those two things. That's it. Realistically. Realistically, you know I saw him
0: in two other movies, and one made sense, and one didn't. I think Judd Apatow put him in a movie or something for like, you know, just he's throwing a dude a bone. But uh, the other movie was that movie Good Time with, uh, right.
1: oh yeah, Robert Pattinson,
0: and he's playing he's playing a Queen's Night security guard at like a theme park. I was like, yes. Yes. That guy would be a security yeah. guard in Queens at the overnight shift. Yeah. Absolutely. That guy would be that. Um, yeah. But anyway, I don't know where I that got that. That movie off was
2: crazy. The That's a Safety Brothers movie. That yeah, that movie is like, man,
1: those movies um, are just so anxiety inducing.
0: <laughs> so, Brett, you finally met May.
1: I finally met May. She was a beautiful young daughter, very sweet. Not like Miles at all. She was very well. You. Good behavior. <laughs> no, I liked, I like both your kids. They're chill in my book. They're totally going to date one day. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. They're totally going to date. Just like, I mean. I mean, long- it's weird
2: because we already agreed to that. There's an arranged marriage. So dating is just.
1: Yeah. Out of the what question. Are you about? That's yeah. Well, I mean, I the- told Christian,
2: I go I said Christian may's my property now, but when she turns 16, <laughs> I want her to be your son's property. And he said, "All yeah. right, that I'll sounds give you good."
1: A goat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll have a dinner together. We'll eat
1: the goat and <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be that. And that'll be that. Wedded <laughs> bliss forever. Hilarious, man. The, uh, the both your kids are very well behaved. They're very sweet young children. I will say their love, their future love will only be overshadowed by your two dogs, Louie and Beavis. Because, you know, I've never seen more beautiful level of pent up sexual lust. affection. It's all lust. Then your two dogs interacting. It's like, holy shit. This is like, yeah. this is true love. It really no, is. no, 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 sw- It's true lust. Yeah.
0: I mean, Real. it really—it's—it's it's like Brokeback Mountain in that, like, they see each other, like, they go long periods without seeing each other, and then when they get together, like, oh, oh, god, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Louis puts a- on his uh, denim jacket,
2: yeah, and Beavis is <laughs> like, why can't I quit you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so funny, man. Um. Yeah. We have a video
2: of our dogs fucking, and it's the funniest video of all time, Yeah. because Louis, Beavis just is on his back, and Louis is on top of Beavis, so it looks like they're banging missionary style, and Beavis, like, just is thrusting for some reason. Like, usually dogs thrust when they're on top, because they're the, you know, that's how they fuck. Beavis is laying on his back, but thrusting, so they're both thrusting into each other in in each other's arms and, and it's like yeah, the man. most ridiculous thing i've ever seen in my life maybe i should put that on instagram so for the listeners to see and
0: then at one point louis looks in the camera as he's like thrusting it's yeah <laughs> he's like yeah, i'm making you proud dad <laughs> it's a horrid love affair to say the least yeah. how's the game did the football team win the football yeah.
2: team lost to, to oh. the Cowboys. That's a football team now. <laughs> it's called, they're just called the football team. Do you right know that, they Christian? should just have
0: white. Yes, I did. It made me crazy when I found this out. Yeah. I, I think I said it before, but it sounds like they're like, you know what, you PC fucking snobs? We'll just call it the football team. There, you happy? Yeah. <laughs> just white jerseys with black lettering. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> there.
2: That, that would be. We can't that, even have
0: color, can we? <sighs>
2: That would be pretty funny if that's like, they're just like, yeah, I have a problem with this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but I think the part apparently they changed their name, and it's supposed to be temporary, and they're going to come up with a new name. But like this organization wow. is like the worst run organization, and probably all the professional sports, like to the point where like the fans hate the owners so much that they don't even go to games anymore, really? like. <laughs> yeah. So if you go to a, a Washington football game, like the stadium is like empty for, and it's like that happens sometimes when teams are really bad. But the Redskins are like, well, the, their football team are just six and seven. They're six and seven this year. They just lost, but like they're having like a decent year by all. It's like, like for, you know, for what you thought the expectations coming into this year would be for that team. So it's just funny to me that it's like not. Their stadium isn't empty because the team's bad and they're not fun to watch. The stadium is empty because literally the fan base hates the owner. They think he's the worst person and like they're <laughs> mad at him for what they did, what he did to their team.
1: What, so, what did he do? I mean, where well, people it, are obviously mad, there's an entrenched anger that perhaps isn't fair on him. If, if people who are mad about Redskins. No, no, if far, really if far excedes,
2: it if far exceeds that. It's, uh, this has been, uh, organizational issues since he took the team over in the early 2000s. It's like they had one good coach. They fired him. They brought in a bunch of yes men. Yeah. They, they've just every turn, they just do something that fucks the fans over to fuck. It's like, they just aren't used to having good things. They just,
1: <laughs> there's just, <laughs> it's so like, a,
2: it's just a low self-esteem area for, yeah. and people there are just like, fuck it. We're not going to go. And they're just going to stop. Um,
0: it's like the Boston of the West.
1: Um, oh, wait.
0: Uh, Washington. Is it Washington State or is it Washington, D.C.?
1: No, it's D.C. D- yeah, okay. Washington, D.C. Wow, yeah. Christian showing his frou-frou, not a jockey <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. And then there's this
2: whole cheerleading scandal and sexual uh, uh, misconduct and harassment allegations in the owner and like there- – Everybody is just upset with this guy. So it's, it's not just the name. I mean, I, I think that there's a bunch of people who are fans who are upset that the name was changed. But I don't think they necessarily blame the owner because, like, there was a lot of pressure from literally sponsors and like people who sponsored the stadium are like we're going to take our name off the stadium unless you change your name like shit like that so they, they really had no choice but to change the name so if someone is upset with daniel snyder for that reason you know that's not there's a lot of other reasons that are better
1: wait do you think the chiefs will ever come under fire
2: yes i think they all eventually will um I, I, unless yeah, that's a bummer Unless, unless, like, uh, we shift – the Zeitgeist shifts and no one cares again. Like, because – I mean, there's, like – there's – there's, it, I think it's dumb to just assume that if you name your team after something like Chiefs. I mean, like, w- could you name your team the Sheriffs? Right. Or the Senators? Right, like, a Chief right. is just the leader of a tribe. There's nothing about mm-hmm. it that's disparaging or – we're like making uh, Native American culture into a cartoon, like.
1: No, it's a, it's the, the yeah. I I agree that like
2: uh, you could make the case for the Redskins. You could make the case for the Cleveland Indians who changed their name. Like the Indians were literally just called. I forget the, the Cle- Guardians. I think they changed the name
1: of the Guardians or mm-hmm. something. But it's Cle- like they you know what changed. They should have done the Cleveland Football Team. Yeah, yeah. just like really fuck with people. Let's just go.
0: You know, let's go with another authority figure. How about the uh, Cleveland Masters?
1: Yeah, there you go. I like that. I like <laughs>
0: Completely that uncontroversial.
2: But then you you have teams like the Florida Seminoles. Uh-huh. It's a college team. It, well, it's a college? It's, it's a university. It's like all of the college sports are under the Seminoles. But Seminole Nation, the the they they work closely with the university, and there's like a lot of respect there between the two. So just yeah. calling something the Seminoles, you know, isn't. I don't see how that would be disrespectful. The Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, that's named after a tribe again. I don't know why that would be disrespectful to name your hockey team after a tribe. Um, And the, the, the chiefs again, I don't know why that would be disrespectful, but yeah, I mean, I just, I have a sense that like, just like you, people are drunk with power when they get, when they make a change happen. So like, why wouldn't they just keep going eventually? Like, I think with like the other teams, like the Chiefs and the and the Blackhawks, um, and I don't think the Blackhawks do this, but I think the Chiefs might. Do they have people who show up to the game dressed in headdresses and stuff? Yes. Like I could see how if you were a Native American, you could be like, you know, that's that's a little shitty because a headdress is a sacred thing or something along those lines. But other than that, I don't really think there's much ground to stand on if you're saying that the name itself is is offensive. I mean, that to me is.
1: The Chiefs chant? You know what the Chiefs chant is? Uh, kills, killed us white people? No, but <laughs> we should petition for the change. They just go, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. and they do a tomahawk chop. While they do. Yeah, it. that's
2: what the it's, Braves do. And that they came under fire because the Braves just won the World Series. They do that exact same thing. And that was definitely a talking point. People were like, they need to get rid of that.
1: It's, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you just go like, no, we this don't. Stuff,
0: yeah, I know. Well, a lot of this stuff is like, it just becomes, it's part of the Braves thing now. It's like, it's so divorced from where it actually came from that right. the, the, the meaning is so lost that like to, to be like, that's disrespectful. And it's like, well, nobody even, we don't even understand the meaning. So it's yeah. like that there's no intent of being disrespectful. Exactly. So it's like, so I don't know. I don't know how to take it because it's like I I don't know. Like that was that was my point. Like, with what, the red like if you called if you called a uh, team the Washington Spooks, like you know it's like I guess that used to be an offensive term, but like no, like if somebody called a black guy a spook today, they'd be like, what?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I would think it's like a horror thing.
0: Yeah, they'd be right. like, I think I need to beat you up, but I'm not it's sure.
2: It's <laughs> like you know, common usage, popular usage can change meanings of words. Like the word gay you know, used to mean happy Yeah. and now it means sinner, but you know, <laughs> um, oh no, but the word God. changes meanings, right? So like redskins, yeah. like let's just say that redskins for the sake of argument, that the word redskins was the equivalent to the N word that people were like in the 1800s going like, I fucking hate redskins. I need to get the fuck out of here. Popular usage changed the meaning of that to where nobody sees Redskins and thinks that it means anything other than that football team. So like, like the only people who would say like, I hate Redskins are like Cowboys fans. Like they're not, no one's saying it like it's uh, they hate redskin like uh, redskinned people. So it's just like, you know, and they did a big article about this on sports illustrated. And like the, when this first started getting a lot of steam, I think in like the mid, mid to late early 2000s or something and there's a lot of high schools that exist on indian reservations that have a large native american populations and their football teams are called the redskins and like their student bodies are like cool with that and they don't see it as disrespectful some other people said it was disrespectful again i don't know is but it's not like this thing where it's so obvious it's not like it's like the fucking. It's not like they're called the savages, you know. <laughs> like the, <laughs> right. it's like I, I, I don't know. I've I've always been like, who gives a fuck? Let's fix the 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 more egregious parts of our society that have clear
1: problematic and you know. What if, what would if, yeah, what if, if like yeah.
0: No, go ahead, Brett. I don't
1: The Washington don't Redskins changed their name to the Washington casino owners. What do you think would have happened? <laughs> <laughs> like Oh, you thought we were racist? We'll show you racist. Yeah, it'd be funny if they they
2: even got more specific. They said uh the Washington alcoholic casino owners. Oh <laughs> You're like, God, Jesus. Oh dear. <laughs>
0: oh
2: God. That's very specific. <laughs>
0: What if they just changed it to like something like, you know what? All right. Well, you know, we're going to be inclusive. How about the Washington gays? (laughs) The Washington gays. And they're like, I guess that would be controversial, but also like, is that not what we call people? Like, But that's the funny
2: (laughs) thing is like, uh, that goes back to another thing is like, even like if you hated, if you were racist against Native American people and you fucking hated them, why would you name your football team after them? because like, we want to cheer them like in mockery. The per- yeah, <laughs> like, the person, yeah, the person who thought who founded the organization and thought of the name Redskins wasn't like, dude, how can we disrespect some fucking natives today? I got an idea. I just bought a football team. Let's call them the Redskins. Let's turn their culture into something that is frivolous to us. Like I think yeah. in t- like Christian said intent. It's like all of this shit is so far removed and from any type of attitude that's like disrespectful to native people that like, even if something is black and white, okay, that technically means this, which is technically offensive. No one is using it with the energy. Like if you, it'd be like, if someone said the word rectangle is offensive, you'd be like, oh, well, just so you know, every, everybody who uses rectangle doesn't mean it the way. Yeah. So well, I know you're saying it's technically offensive, but the way it's being used is never in an offensive way anymore. So it doesn't matter. Like it right.
0: doesn't here's the weird thing though. It's like you're not even allowed to say like the weird thing is that like it doesn't matter if it is or isn't. It's like it only matters if uh, somebody's offended. You know what I mean? Right. Like if I say like, you know, I don't know, like if you if you say Christian, you are wearing a red shirt. I was like, the fact that you pointed out my red shirt is really, you really embarrassed me, and that really hurt my feelings. It doesn't matter if the f- point, like you, like that was really innocuous, though. I didn't like now. It's like, regardless of what the the infraction was, it's it's the the consequence or the uh, the effect of the infraction or how the the infraction made you feel. Is like what determines whether it was an infraction, it's, right. if that right. makes any sense.
2: And it doesn't even, you don't even have to be specifically what they did. All you have to do now is say, Christian made me feel unsafe.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: it could have been Christian didn't do anything in any way at all that would possibly make you feel unsafe. Yeah. In the sense of like the real meaning of the word unsafe. Right. But that that is there's these buzzwords now like you they're just like these h r e type of words you can say that yeah, right. get people fired like i felt it was unsafe yeah. oh well you if you don't feel safe then this needs to be a safe space and so we need to fire him it's like what did he really do i don't yeah.
0: know and overall i mean this stuff is this stuff is all good and positive but at the same time you can take advantage of it for your own it's like it's like legal weed or it's like when weed started becoming prescription in california i think i talk about this all the time i feel like but like once once people are like oh i have a um a prescription for weed then uh then like it's all on the table like i have a i might my neck hurts sometimes all right you need a weed prescription you're allowed to carry weed from. that's how how it all
2: started Like they basically were like, can we have it for legal reasons? And eventually society was like, okay, if you need it because of this. And then all of a sudden society is like, dude, just lie. Just say you have a bad (laughs) back. And then once we lie for three or four years, it'll be like, guys, let's just make it legal because everybody's just lying lying anyway. And you go, all right. (laughs)
1: Well,
0: it's (laughs) the, it's the, the medicineizing of it is, it's like. It's like, uh, oh, I need weed for my uh, for my glaucoma, or I need weed for my arthritis. Well, we can't. You got to let him on the plane. We can't take it because he's got right. a medical reason for it. I need my dick. service dog because he helps my diabetes. He sucks my like, dick. Yeah. yeah, he sucks my dick, and I need him for emotional support. Well, that's right. a me- medical. Well, it's reason. like
2: it's like COVID. It's like I was just talking about this. Is like, uh, people are like don't want to go back to the offices and stuff. So they yeah. go, oh, I don't feel safe. I feel like it's dangerous, but like literally everybody is living their lives. Now they're going to restaurants, they're going to movies, they're going to, you know, so like, you're not living your life as someone who's scared. You just don't want to go back to work. And by the way, I don't blame you. I'm just saying like, that's just the reasoning is being used as they have this pandemic thing. That's the whole thing with like the teachers and shit, like all the teachers and the teachers unions that are like, ah, we don't want to go back. We don't feel it's safe. It's like, no dude, what it is, is you have a hard job and you're underpaid and you just yeah. want to, you just want to make it, you know, you know, you just want to make it known that what you're doing, um, is it is it an annoyance to you, and you've been trampled on by society for so long. So now you're like, you have some power. If you say no, we're not going back, then they can't go back because they need you, and you're just exercising right. the power that you've never had before. Yeah. And really, with the exception of some people who could possibly be immune compromised, it really, it really is. At this point, with the vaccines the way that they are and the variants being, you know, becoming weaker, there's really like, if you're vaccinated, that's the rule it should be is like, if you're vaccinated, you're fine. If you're unvaccinated, it's on you, you're a fucking idiot, and you're gonna get hurt because you're unvaccinated. But at some point, we just have to move forward as a society with that energy, because we can't just have booster shots in perpetuity followed by restaurant vaccine mandates and mask mandates. It's just like at some point society has to go back to normal and unvaccinated people are just going to have to assume the risk of unvaccinated people. And it's going to be a little trouble because the hospitals for a little bit, but we'll get through that part of it and it sucks for them. But, you know, there's really no easy way of doing this. I don't know. Let's yeah. get back. Everybody should just get
0: back. Let's get do it. back. And get back mm-hmm. to where you want wow, to I, twe- I oh it was so good did you guys see that no oh I loved it it was It was awesome I've seen the and first
2: episode it's really great
0: the, the whole thing is great it's awesome it's like my favorite thing about it is that it captures like when you're like doing any kind of artistic process it captures how much time is wasted <laughs> like yeah. when you're just fucking around like you yeah. have something to do you have a deadline to make and you're just it. Like they're just singing like, uh, like she loves me, yeah, 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 with like stupid voices and like yeah. and doing man like ventriloquist acts and stuff like that. It's yeah. like it's just so great. And my favorite thing I tweeted about this was that uh, it's kind of like becoming meme now. But Paul McCartney just sits down waiting for John Lennon to show up. He just sits on a chair and just starts strumming, and he just comes up with "Get Back." Yeah. He just comes up with "get back," just in a chair. It's there's no drama, there's no like magic. Right. It's just him just working it out. And but it it's a, that's how they back. wrote
2: music. It was like they would all sit right. there and like they'd start playing a riff, and then the other person would riff off yes. of them, and then the, the lyrics to it just go da, 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 and then eventually yeah. like once they got the rhythm down, they would like come up with lyrics that fit the the way that that sounded. Yeah. It's really cool to watch. I like. I I only watched one episode, and I haven't haven't gotten to the get back part. I don't think. But but um, but
0: the reason I bring that up because it's my favorite thing because (laughs) they just show how boring it is. And instead of like you know if they did the biopic, they would be like the Beatles would be like mobbed or like some dude would like show up in their hotel room and he's like my name's Joey. Uh, I'm just a big fan. He shows up with a knife or something, and their security (laughs) guards like. Hey Jojo, get back! And then Paul's like, "Ooh!" Uh. And you're like, oh, "Shut up! Uh, shut up!" That's not how it happened. He was sitting in a chair, and he wrote. He just wrote it. Right, <laughs> like, right. It's
1: so funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's like some of the stuff that they came up with like i, I was listening there's a really great uh, if you're into this the beatles and stuff there's a really great thing on hulu called three two one mccartney mm-hmm. and it's him with rick rubin and they're just like going through all this music and stuff so they they, they did have instances where like ringo would just say things really weirdly like yeah. he literally said the word he, hard days night Mm -hmm. but he was trying to say like it was a hard working day but he he would just say weird things so they go a hard day's night that's funny we'll write that down and then that became a song so they were inspired quite literally by the way people like i even think paul mccartney literally said um sergeant pepper came from they were on a plane and someone said can you pass the salt and pepper but he goes did you say sergeant pepper or salt and pepper like (laughs) he thought he said sergeant Pepper. And that—that's where it came. Like, the, quite literally, that stupid shit does happen. But <laughs> and the guy uh, was like,
0: "No, you idiot!" I said, yeah. "Salt, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just snaps on him."
2: <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, uh, y- y- those biopic moments, y- y- ugh, you're so right. It, they're so cringy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they really make me sick. <laughs> but anyway,
2: I gotta, I gotta run, yeah, guys. We
0: all gotta go. So uh, let's plug.
2: Go to thenickwitmer.com. You'll see a sign up to sign up for an email list. Sign up for the email list. You'll get an email with a discount code to my special taping, which is on January 16th. I have 6 o'clock tickets and 8 o'clock tickets left. They're moving fast, though, so please get them. thenickwitmer.com.
1: Chrissy, go.
0: Go to nick thenickwitmer.com.
1: Oh Sweet. shucks. Whitmer special taping. That's what's about plugging. Um, you can also buy Brennan Mublin vinyl.
0: Ooh. Get um, that. I have a feeling this will be the last episode of the year. We might just do best of this year for the next two weeks. Possibly we don't know, but if it is happy new year guys, happy Happy new year
1: and happy holidays. We say Merry Christmas here. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Excuse (laughs) me. Merry Christmas.